whenever you give up. No matter how difficult it is, if you give up, it's over. Abraham had this choice to make in Romans 4 and 18. It talks about Abraham having this, this situation in his life that was impossible. And he began, the Bible said he hoped against hope. And yet he still believed. You see, normal circumstances say hope is gone. There is no hope left. But whenever Abraham was at the end of the hope, he hoped against hope. He had a situation that in the natural was impossible. But he chose to hold on to hope. Let me tell you today that hope works best whenever it has adversity. Hope shows up the greatest whenever hopelessness tries to overcome your mind overcome your life and tell you that hope has no place here but I want you to understand that's what Abraham held on to and he hoped against hope whenever he was hoping for the word that God had promised over his life to say that you will be the father of a multitude and now he's a hundred years old and Sarah is 90 and their bodies aren't working anymore. Huh? And yet here he comes and he hopes against hope. He holds on to the hope of God's promise that he has been given. And some way and somehow, even though everything was against him, everything was stacked against him. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like that the thing that you heard the Lord say about you or the thing that you prayed or you read and you heard about you or something that God has spoken over your life, but today your life looks like nothing like what he promised. It looks like that everything is going in fact the opposite way instead of the way that it could ever happen the way God said it would happen. But I want to suggest to you that if you find yourself in that place today, you're in a good place for hope to arise in your life. In the book of Job, hope is mentioned more times than any other place in the Bible. Over 380 times, God tells us in the word to have hope. In those 380 times, more than anywhere else in scripture, the word hope is found in the most hopeless book of the Bible. It's ironic to me that whenever he calls this hopeless situation, that hope is spoken of more than any other time. How is it that a man, if, if there was anybody who ever had the right to give up, it was Job. I mean, we're not talking about a bad hair day here. We're not talking about, oh, I had a flat tire, bless your heart. Huh? We're not talking about somebody talked bad about me. We're talking about Job has not had a bad day, but he has had one bad day rolled over into another bad day that ended up in bad months and ended up in a bad life. 
And Job lost everything that he had. He lost his business. All of his herd had been stolen and taken away. He lost his home. And a wind began to blow. And the fire came and lightning struck his home. And his home was destroyed. He lost everything. But he lost the most valuable thing. He lost all of his children. He was left with mocking friends and a nagging wife. That said, why don't you curse God and die, Job? But in this hopeless situation, somehow Job held on to hope. He believed somehow that even in the ashes of his life and everything being lost that he knew and held on to, that when it was all gone, somehow the God that had brought him to this place was still the God of hope that would take him from the ashes of nothing to rebuild, to restore, and to conquer all. Albert Hubbard, American philosopher, said there is no failure except in no longer trying. There is no failure except in no longer trying. Giving up is when all hope is lost. Job hit the rock bottom. There was nothing left in his life to suggest to him that he had hope for a future. Everything in his life, I believe probably 90% of people would have sat down in the ashes and began to reminisce about the good old days. But somewhere in the ashes, hope rose up in Job's life. And he said, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Somewhere, yes. Somewhere in the middle of those ashes and the ruins, hope came up in Job's heart that said, even though these worms may devour my body, yet will I trust in him. I will, he will take care of me. You see, Job's key to hope was in Job verse one and chapter one and verse twenty, when he says, "Naked I came into my mother's womb, and naked shall I go." And the Lord has taken away, but my the, my but my the name of the Lord shall be praised. Job mentioned the tree that there was hope in the tree. I want to submit to you today, no matter where you are in life, there is hope for you today. No matter where you are and what you may be going through, what you may be facing or what you may be dealing with, what you may have uh, done or what has been done unto you, there is hope in Jesus Christ. Job mentions this stump. He said, no matter what it encounters... Or what cuts it down, there's still a stump. And even if the stump dries up and the roots smell the scent of water, it begins to strike back and begins to produce growth. It begins to produce a sapling. It begins to produce life. He said that he says the trees always have hope. 
all throughout the word of God, as I've mentioned, we are compared to trees. It speaks to us and says that we have hope no matter what has gone on in our life. In this hopeless society, we understand today that our hope is not in the economy. Our hope is not in Trump or Clinton. Our hope is not in the things of this world. Because you see, all of it is rocking and reeling. And America, as strong as it is and great as it is, it is a rocking and reeling today with uncertainty that is facing us. But I want you to know that the only thing that you can put your trust in is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because you see, the Bible teaches us that all of these other things are as shifting sand. They will shift and they will change. But the Bible tells us that a tree is firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Jeremiah said it like this, that we are like trees planted by the water, that sins, uh, that streams of water will produce life in us, that the roots will begin to grow again. I want to speak to somebody today in this place. You think that the best days of your life are behind you. You think that there is no way that good things can come out of your bad situation. But I assure you today that if you will just look to him, the author and the finisher of your faith, if you will put your hope in him today, there is life beyond what you are going through right now. When Christ is in us, he always keeps us anchored. Hebrews said he is the anchor of our soul. He is the anchor of hope. We have hope, but our hope is not rooted in hope. Our hope is rooted or anchored in Jesus Christ. For we have, we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? You may not be able to see your future today, but you can hope for it. You may not be able to see a better tomorrow, but you can hope for it. You can believe for it. Our reliance is not in ourselves. We cannot work our way to a better person. We can do a lot of things to to shape ourselves and help ourselves and motivate ourselves, but we do not metamorphose into better people. You see, working hard is a good thing, but it's not going to cause you to have the hope you're looking for. Loving more Uh, having more relationships, looking here and looking there is not going to fix your hopeless situation. Trying to be a better father is a great thing. Getting another doctor's report to try to get another opinion to fix a bad report is not going to fix it. Those things are good within themselves, but you must look unto God. 
you must look beyond trying yourself. Yes, work hard, but when you're finished working hard, you've got to put your hope in God. Amen. Be a better father. Be a better mother. But at the end of the day, if your hope is not anchored in him, then it's all in vain. The law produces our works of hope. Hebrews 7 and verse 19 said the law made nothing perfect, but a better hope is introduced by which the draw, we draw near to God. Christ introduced a better way. He introduced a better hope, a more secure hope, an eternal hope. Amen. And I want to tell you today that I believe that this is the tree. That Job seen cut down and nothing was left but a stump. Nothing was left but barren roots. But a twig began to grow again. And whenever it began to grow, it came into the New Testament. And it became a tree that became our hope. Hallelujah. Ain't nobody going to help me up in here today that I'm about to preach. I said that that twig that Job saw you know Job he was the oldest writer of the Bible he didn't have all the things that we have today to believe in God he just had his relationship with God but he had enough spiritual compass about him that he said it may look like it's dead it may look like it's over but this tree this stump that's been cut down there's a tender branch that's about to come up out of this stump and we flip over to the New Testament and we see a hope that begins to rise again. A tree that begins to grow. Hallelujah. And on that tree would be a crucified Savior. Amen. On that tree would be a Redeemer for all of mankind. Hanging on that tree that had been cut down is now a man hanging on the middle cross that said come and call upon my name and I will give you hope. You can call on me and you can be saved. You can call on me. One man began to ridicule him and laugh at him and say, look, you said you were the Christ. But the other looked at him and said, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. I need some hope. I need something to believe in. I need someone that is able to take care of this situation because I am in a hopeless situation and hanging there on the cross in the ridicule and the mockery of one was the preaching to another that caused hope to rise in his heart and say when you come into your kingdom I want you to remember me I want you to put my life back together I want to tell you today it may sound old fashioned you can call it what you want to but on that rugged cross hanged our hope today because of that tree that had been cut down because of hopelessness that was in the world but now that tree began to sprout and it hung our savior it redeemed us from the curse of the law our hope is not in being a tree but because of a tree a tree that produced life a tree that took the curse and turned it into a blessing a tree that took your sin and took my sin and cleansed me from the curse of the law a tree that took hopelessness from all men Mankind and gave me hope and gave me a reason to live. I'm thankful for the tree of hope. Oh, somebody give him praise today. 
Christ submitted himself to death on that tree. Even feeling hopeless, he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you at? He carried the weight of hopelessness to the cross. He carried the weight of hopelessness to a tree. That you and I could have hope today. The storm blew in Job's life. The lightning struck. Just like it did on the day that Job's life was cut down. His family gone. His business gone. His house gone. On that same day, when that tree, I submit to you, sprung up again, the clouds turned dark again. Lightning began to run from one end of the universe to the other. And the blood began to flow down the cross that he hung upon. And all hope was lost. died that day no hope for mankind no reason to be able to even hope again because there was nothing to hope for or to hope in and on that day hope died but he only stayed dead for three days For three days, there was no hope to be found. For three days, the disciples that had followed him all of their adult life was now, uh, they didn't know what to do with themselves because this one in which their hope was in was now dead. All of mankind was at hopeless because there was a breathless Savior hanging on a cross that is now put into a tomb and their hope laid for three days. This is right where the enemy wants you to be. He wants you to be breathless. He wants you to be without hope. Amen. Hope didn't stay down. I said hope didn't stay down. And I come to tell you today, you don't have to stay down. But you're in a good place today. Even though life may have been knocked out of you. Even though you may feel hopeless. Even though you may feel darkness is all around you. And you feel the weight of hopelessness. I come to tell somebody today that it's time for hope to arise in your life. It's time for hope to come up and live again on the inside of you. Because you see, hope did not stay down. Hope did not stay lost. Hope did not stay dead. Hope did not say that that I'm just over and done with. But hope got up. I said hope got up. Hope was resurrected. Hope got up from the ashes of death. Amen. And said, oh death, where is your victory? And oh grave, where is your sting? Hope brings a saying, the power of the resurrected Christ is living on the inside of me. And I want to tell you today that that hope of glory can live on the inside of you. In the midst of everything that is going on in this 
world, there is hope in a resurrected king. Paul said, he was saying if Christ can get up from the dead, he's saying then you can get up from your hopeless situation. Hope got up. I said hope got up. People are looking for hope. That's the reason why we've got a heroin epidemic in this valley. They're looking for hope. Some of you here today have been looking for hope in all the wrong places. You're looking for it in drugs. You're looking for it in relationships. And at the end of the day, you're looking for trying. Some of you, 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 you say, well, I'm a good moral person. You're not talking to me. Yeah, but you're working yourself to death. Trying to appease and win the opinions of other people. And all the time you're losing your family. And you're losing your life and you're hopeless. But let me tell you today, there is hope. You can't do it on your own. But there is hope in Jesus Christ. I know there's somebody here today that says, oh, that's all well and good. And that's good, good little Bible stories. But that, that ain't real. Well, that's the reason we wrote the book, Hope Rising, for people like you. Because if you can't believe the story of a Job, if you can't believe and relate to the story of a Paul, if you can't relate to the story that, that what Jesus did on the cross, then, then maybe you, you can understand that you are, your life is hopeless. And you seemingly are looking everywhere for hope but still hopeless. Maybe, maybe you can relate to the story in the book of Kathy that told her story here Wednesday night who had climbed to the top of the ladder of success, had the dream home, had the marriage, had children, but she lost it all. Modern day Joe. Maybe you can relate to her story. Lost two children. Lost her home. Lost her job. Her marriage was over. And she was hopeless. But Jesus came. And restored everything back to her life. Maybe you can't relate to that, but maybe you can relate to Gerald in the book. With so much loss in his early years that he turned to drugs to try to deal and cope with the hopelessness of life. You see, I've never met anyone that's addicted that sat down and talked to me and said, this is the life I planned. I've never met anyone that's addicted to anything that said, this is what I set out to be. I dreamed of being this when I was a kid. They're looking for hope, but they don't know where to find it. So I'm not judging people whenever I see them in situations like this. Because I understand that they're just hopeless and they're looking for hope. 
At an early age, he turned to drugs to try to cope with the hopelessness and deal with such tragic loss in his life. This, this isn't, if you can't believe the Bible, this is not in the Bible. This is, this is people sitting either in this building today or the Nitro campus. These are real people with real situations that couldn't cope with life, couldn't deal with the things, and they were hopeless and, they, and, and, and Gerald found himself in a jail cell facing years in prison. How many know religious people would have said, well, he got what he deserved? Just let him rot there. Yeah, that's what's wrong with your religious self. Huh? I don't need mean to get up on it, but it just in me. We get all religious until it's you. Till it's your family. Till it's your children. Huh? I'm preaching better than you're letting on today. But Gerald found himself in a jail cell facing years in prison when God loved him enough to send an angel to him in the form of a man. Amen. Gave him hope in a hopeless situation. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful in the hopelessness of my life that God loved me enough to send me an angel. He, he sent me some kind of hope. He, he let me know that even in the darkest hours of my life and the greatest despair that I've been overwhelmed with, that God would send me a message to let me know he still loved me because it wasn't about the mess I was in. It was because I was really his. And he loved me anyhow. He cared about me anyhow. Elena was going from one abusive relationship to another, trying to find hope and to be loved, looking for love in all the wrong places, filled with hopelessness. She turns back to God. I mean, no, no matter how far you stray, no matter where you've been or where you presently are, if you'll turn back to him. Amen. He promised that he is an ever-present help in the time of our need. Amen. And if we would call on him, he said he would in no wise cast us out. That's what happened. Hope arose and God gave her a bright future and a blessed hope. Paul in our book Hope Rising dealt with abandonment at early age and so much more that carried over into his adult life trying to prove himself climbing the ladder of success with great stress in his family in his business he looked inside of himself and he came to the altar and found hope. Watch this with me today. Are you hurt? 
today, please. Maybe you're here today and you say today that you love the Lord, your whole heart, but you find yourself in a hopeless situation. You just need hope today. There is hope for you. I promise you, there is hope for you today. Perhaps you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Brian, I'm in a hopeless situation. I've been cut down. I 
feel like that stump, feel like that life that has no hope. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's where hope begins. It's all in Him. There is no other hope. Well, there is no other name given among men whereby you can be saved. It is in Jesus Christ. I know there's people here today, you're in a hopeless situation. But I want to tell you today that your only hope, your only hope is in Jesus Christ. And I believe deep down inside, everybody really knows that. He's made it so easy and so simple. Religion makes it difficult and hard, but God made it easy. He said, whoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you come to me with a godly sorrow, I'll in no wise cast you out. No matter where you've been, no matter what you're going through, no matter if you've even turned your back on him before, said I'm there with my arms outstretched looking for you desiring to have a relationship with you if you're here today you don't know Christ as your personal savior yet empty and void life has left you empty I want to give you this glorious opportunity today to have the hope that is only in Jesus Christ through it just like you did but I want to give an invitation to those today who don't know Christ as your personal savior we have folks right here that are going to be in the front that will pray with you and just know that God is going to cause hope to arise in your heart today today is your day it's not a lucky day it's a day of hope that will rise in your life this morning and so as our worship team begins to sing this morning I want to invite you to step out of your seat if you don't want to come alone don't leave this place hopeless today but come come and receive hope this morning amen come and receive the hope this morning as they play this morning come and receive hope 